welcome to this podcast from Adelaide Place Baptist Church. We are a community of disciples, apprentices of Jesus, who live and work in the city of Glasgow, and it's our vision to join God in the renewal of all things. Our discipleship to Jesus is for all of our lives, so as well as listening to this podcast, we'd love for you to join us on a Sunday morning, or get involved in one of our missional communities, which are across the city throughout the week. Our prayer is that you encounter Jesus in some way through this podcast. More information can be found at apbc.net. Good morning. Morning, great to see you. Good to be with you and um, welcome if you're joining us online as well. Good to have you with us. Um, my name's David, I'm part of the staff team here at Adelaide Place. Um, and it's yeah, a joy to be sharing with you again this morning. Um, Many of you will know that Stephen, our lead pastor, is on sabbatical for May and June and July. Um, So just keep praying for him and Claire and the boys. And um, just really excited to hear of his experience through that time and what God's been saying to him when he comes back and joins us in a couple of months. But I thought what I'd do just just briefly this morning is to um, give a bit of direction of travel, just let you know where we're going on Sundays. Um, I know some of the missional communities through the week have been just thinking back to Sundays, going a bit deeper with their communities, um, thinking about what we're um, thinking about and learning together here on a Sunday. Um, these booklets are really helpful. Some people find these helpful. We, we talked about these a couple of years ago when we were thinking about practicing the way of Jesus. And they've just got some questions which help us process what God is saying to us, to think together as a community, how can we respond in light of what God is saying to us at this moment, um, through his word, through one another, through um, what he's doing in our lives. But the next couple of months, so that last week and this week, we've been thinking again about practicing the way of Jesus, What does it mean to be with Jesus and become like him and do the things that he did today in 2022? What does that look like for each one of us? How can we grow as disciples of him? Next week and the week after, there's a couple of uh, guest preachers coming to join us. Um, And yeah, so next week, David Smith will be with us. David's written a couple of books, including his recent one on um, what it means to have a biblical view, traditional biblical view of lament. Um, So really excited to hear from him. He'll be joining us next week. And then Lena Toth from the Baptist College. She's the assistant principal there. Also written a number of books. Um, Her latest book is on singleness and marriage in a post-Christian world. So she's going to share on that, uh, about uh, singleness and marriage as we practice the way of Jesus, as we follow him in our lives. What does that mean for the church family? What does that mean for us as individuals together? And then... We'll come back to practicing the way of Jesus again for a couple of weeks, thinking together about that, uh, before we move into what we often do in summer, gathering around the communion table to give thanks, to worship, and to share and to think together um, from the Bible. We're going to think about the life of Jesus through Mark's gospel over the whole uh, summer through July and, and a bit of August. And a few people from the church will be sharing, a few people who are visiting will be sharing, um, and that will take us up to, I guess, mid-August. So that's where we're going. The other thing to tell you about is that on the 19th of June, Rebecca at Welsh is getting baptized right here. Well, right there behind me. Um, so that's really exciting. Put that in your diary. We'd love for you to come and celebrate with her. Um, really exciting uh, day for her and family and friends. And, and if, if baptism is something that you have considered before or you'd like to consider or you'd just like to know what on earth it's all about, then uh, I'd love to chat to you. Um, love to have a coffee and chat about that. Send me an email or come and grab me and we can, we can talk about that as well. Come 
to me? Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. The words of Jesus from Matthew chapter 11. Let's pray together as we come around God's word. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your invitation. We hear your invitation and sometimes we don't really know what to do with it. We hear your invitation and we know that your way is best. But if we're honest, we're not sure where to start sometimes. We hear your invitation, Jesus, and we can't help but worship you. Would you, by your spirit, come and, and whisper to us your invitation to come and be with you, to watch you, to look at how you do it. And we thank you for your promise of rest. Amen. Amen. Well, B, my wife, has a number of siblings, as some of you know. Um, and one of these siblings uh, used to have a, a button under her sink, uh, a button which I hadn't come across before. Maybe some of you have them in, all over your house, I don't know. But this button was connected to their Amazon account, and it was specific to one product. You could have as many as you wanted around your house, um, and it was there to remind you to buy more things, basically. So if they ran out of dishwasher tablets, they'd open their cupboard door and press a button, and the next day, dishwasher tablets arrived. Amazing. Amazing. Now, of course, you don't need to say that. You do that. You just need to say to your virtual assistant of choice, order some more whatever, and it'll arrive the next day, or even the same day sometimes. And needless to say, my, my sister-in-law soon got rid of that button when their two-year-old son discovered it. And uh, let's just say they ended up with enough dishwasher tablets for most of the year, uh, and it soon disappeared after that. But I think we have sometimes an Amazon, not an agriculture approach to growth. Amazon, not agriculture. We crave quick fixes like Amazon, one day delivery, easy to do. And often we don't commit times to planting, to cultivating soil for growth, to watering, to waiting, and to resting. Amazon not agriculture. We've become obsessed, haven't we, in Western society for quick fixes, for efficiency, for speed. And rest is seen as a weakness. Rest is not often celebrated, perhaps only to recover when you've just done too much, perhaps only as a means to produce more, to work harder, to go again. But true rest slows us down slows our pace down, and we don't like that sometimes. Rest is sometimes forced upon us, but what might it look like for each of us to cultivate patterns of rest in our lives, in our weeks, in each day, to slow down our pace deliberately, to see what's going on around about us and to hear the voice of the Lord. Right back at the start of the Bible, I'm sure you've heard it before, God works, work is good, the Lord of creation creates. Something is created out of nothing. 
and God admires what he's produced. It's really, really good. And then he rests. That day that God rests, we often talk about as Sabbath, as a, a deliberate time of resting. It's from the Jewish word that means to rest. And the creator of, and sustainer of the whole world rested and showed us that the model is to, to take a full day off from producing, from doing, and to rest. This morning, I just want to talk about that for a few minutes. There's a, a theologian many of you have, have heard of called Walter Brueggemann, and he wrote a really helpful book called Sabbath as Resistance. And just the title is worth thinking about for a little while, but Sabbath as Resistance. One of the many helpful things that he writes is this. The Sabbath rest of God is the acknowledgement that God and God's people in the world are not commodities to be dispatched for endless production. And so dispatched, as we used to say, as hands in the service of a command economy. Rather, they are subjects situated in an economy of neighborliness. All of that is implicit in the reality and exhibit of divine rest. Thus, this, the Sabbath command of Exodus 20 recalls that God rested on the seventh day of creation. That divine rest on the seventh day of creation has made clear that Yahweh is not a workaholic, that Yahweh is not anxious about the full functioning of creation, and that the well-being of creation does not depend on endless work. What about us? What's our relationship between rest and work like? Do we rest so that we can work? Do we rest because we've worked too much? Or maybe God has a bigger vision of rest for us that he invites us into, a vision where we are aware of God in the midst of our lives, a vision to work from a place of rest. Maybe this conversation sounds familiar to you or someone asks you, how are you? I've rested really hard this week, I spent a lot of time resting and I'm really pleased I did. Maybe, but perhaps more often I'm busy, I'm tired. It can turn into a competition of who's busiest, who's done the most in that week, seen as a badge of honor to be celebrated. Now, I'm not suggesting for a moment that we hide that if we are busy or we're ashamed of it in some way, but it is so easy for us to become addicted to work, to find our worth and our value in what we do, not who we are. What might happen if you stopped for a moment, for a day, for a week? As we thought last week about who or what is influencing and speaking into our lives, do we even notice those things? And do we notice the constant activity that so many of us do, the need to produce and to do something to find our worth? Perhaps we've become numb to busyness. And by doing so, have we drowned out the voice of God unintentionally or maybe intentionally by doing things? by working harder, whatever that means to you? Have we forgotten who we are, who we were created to be? As we've been thinking about practicing the way of Jesus, of being with him and becoming like him and doing the things that he did, we recognize that Jesus shows us the way that God has been teaching his people throughout history. He shows us what it looks like in real lived out human form. Jesus didn't just come to make a way for us. He showed us the blueprint of the way. He showed us what life looks like in the fullness of the kingdom of God. And in Mark chapter one, Jesus withdraws from his ministry, from his work. His disciples don't get it. What are you doing, Jesus? 
what's going on here? Why are you not talking to people and teaching them and healing them and being with them? But he says, my way is different. Those things are good, but I need to have time with my father to prioritize rest in order to produce and to be fruitful. So do we rest to recover? Do we rest from work or do we work from rest? Work is good. Again, it was demonstrated and commanded by God right at the very beginning to be fruitful, to produce, to create, to make things that are beautiful and useful and benefit other people. To achieve or complete a to-do list is something that we can often get caught up in. Work, but, but do work hard. Be the best teacher or doctor or civil servant or grandparent or student that you can be. Because God has given you and placed you at a certain time and, and God has created work to be good. But don't do those things at the expense of true deep rest for your soul. Uh, B works for Tear Fund, who are a, a big global organization that, um, that work to end extreme poverty around the world. And um, they've got hundreds of employees across the world. But I love that they prioritize every couple of months. They fix in the calendar for every single employee a Sabbath day. A day when there's no meetings, there's no tasks that are expected to be completed. Just time to rest and to be um, sometimes together, sometimes time alone. And now I appreciate that not any of if, if many organizations or companies will, will, will see the value in doing that, in, in pausing for a day. But how might we make a point in our daily lives of pulling away from the constant activity and production? Because Jesus invites us to a different way, to pull away from the busyness, the demands, and invite the Father to reshape, to refocus and reform who we are in him. Let me read some more words of Jesus from John chapter 15. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he is, or, you, uh, as, as pre-pruned, sorry, to make it bear more fruit. You've already been cleansed by the word I've spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me you can do nothing. If we want our work to be fruitful, remain in Jesus. Create patterns of rest. It's more than taking a break. True rest is about remaining in Jesus. See, rest reminds us that we are human beings, not human doings. It reminds us that we're called to be who we were created to be, not do to become who we were created to be. We're human beings, not human doings. We're called back in rest to our identity. That you're not defined primarily by what you do. You're not defined primarily by what you produce or how many tasks you get done, but by who you are in Jesus. And it's from that place that we can bear fruit as he commanded to us. Jesus is saying to us here, keep coming back to me. I'll keep shaping your identity. I'll keep showing you who you are and whose you are. I'll remind you that I'm calling you to this task, not someone else. I'm not looking to that person that you compare yourself to. I'm looking for 
you to be who you were created to be. Our work is about producing something. It doesn't define who we are. And Jesus describes the Father here as being like a gardener, a gardener that cuts off branches that don't bear fruit. There are seasons of of what we might call pruning and seasons of growing in our own lives. Both are about fruitfulness. Would we come back to the Lord each day and allow him to gently point out areas of unforgiveness? To make space for him to show us his grace that we might go and show that to others. Just as we thought last week about looking like Jesus and seeing things and people and places as he saw them. This rest, when we find true rest, we're able to be free in who we are and we're able to be the best co-worker or flatmate or friend that we can be because we've got nothing to prove. We know and we remind ourselves and we are reminded by our Father in heaven that we are who we were created to be, that we are safe in him like we've been singing about, that we are known and loved by the King of Kings. The pattern we see God teaching his people, the pattern we see Jesus demonstrating is one of rest and work, of working from a place of rest in him. And if you're anything like me, we desperately need to slow down to the pace of Jesus, to prioritize rest and to rediscover this way of abiding, not striving to be something or to be someone, especially now when so many of us have pretty low emotional reserves after the last two years, if we're honest. And yet we're trying to ramp up to the pace of 2019. What might it look like now, this week, to slow down enough, to say no to a few things, to do what you need to do to truly rest in God? Jesus was certain of where he was from. He knew what he was there to do, and he was absolutely sure of where he was going. He knew his identity and his his pace reflected that. It wasn't a frantic running around trying to do more and more, but he walked slowly. He stopped to be with people. He showed love to those around him. There was another theologian called Kosuki Koyama, and he wrote a number of books, including another great title, Three Mile an Hour God, which is just getting this idea that, that God often moves at the speed of walking, the average speed of walking not dashing around, trying to to prove something or achieve something. But he wrote this about um, the idea of pace. Jesus Christ came. He walked towards the full stop. He lost his mobility. He was nailed down. He's not even at three miles an hour as we walk. He's not moving. What can be slower than full stop? And at this point of full stop, the church proclaims, that the love of God to man is ultimately and fully revealed. God walks slowly because he is love. If he's not love, he would have gone much faster. Love has its speed. It is an inner speed. It is a spiritual speed. It is a different kind of speed from the technological speed to which we are all accustomed. It is slow, yet it is Lord over all other speeds since it is the speed of love. It's the speed we walk, and therefore it is the speed the love of God walks. He wrote that in 1980. How much more do we need to hear that today to shape our pace of life to look more like Jesus? Does our pace, our pattern of life look 
like Jesus, enough to leave space to show love to those around us, to stop for the other? Is there space in your day for listening to him, for considering what he might be saying to you and, and guiding you into that day? Is there space for sometimes change, him changing your plans of your to-do list not getting done? Is that the ultimate goal of your day? Or is it knowing that you are loved by the Father and knowing that you're being led by him each day? And one way, of course, if we come back to the very beginning, we might cultivate this, is simply with a regular Sabbath day, a day that is fixed in our week or a period of time in our week that we know that we are resting, not necessarily just sleeping all day, not necessarily not even creating. Some people love to bake to to rest. They find a real rest for their soul in doing that. Some people like to walk in the hills or go for a walk along the beach. Some people like to spend time with friends who they can be truly themselves with and be truly known in those moments. Don't compare your resting as if it were homework or something to prove yourself against the other. The whole point of resting is to reconnect with your innermost being, to reconnect with the one who created you. Each Saturday, most weeks, I turn my phone off all day. A really simple thing, but it reminds me that the world keeps spinning. It reminds me to switch off from the constant stream of information, of notifications, and I've discovered that I don't miss much. People quickly catch on that your phone's off and they can't easily get hold of you at least. How do you create space in your day, or your week, or your year to allow your spirit to connect with God's spirit, to remind you of who you are and whose you are? There's a really helpful model that Rick Warren wrote about, and he encourages people to divert daily, to withdraw weekly, and to abandon annually. To divert daily, to, to change your, to, to move your attention from what you might be, have to focus on that day, from the news, from social media, to divert your attention to the Lord, to withdraw weekly, to take a period of time off, maybe even a couple of days if you can, a few afternoons or whatever works for you. And finally, to abandon annually, to take time to relax, to take a holiday off your work, to take a different pace of life for a week or two weeks, whatever you can manage. And it's often during these times that the busyness of life just settles, the noise of life settles in our minds and we can get fresh perspective. And that God can often speak in those times about future direction, stepping back from the daily activity of life. Rest, pace, rhythms. Just as we come to finish, don't hear what I'm not saying. This isn't a guilt trip that you should be working less and resting more. Life is full. There's always more that we could be doing. There's always something clamoring for our attention. Rest is not just about stopping. It's not about the Instagram perfect holiday or sleeping all day. Rest is about reconnecting, refocusing, Recentering and remindering our hearts of who we are and whose we are. It's about stopping the activity of producing for a moment, for a few moments, for a few days. And this is part of a lifelong journey of making mistakes and figuring out what it is that Jesus is inviting us into, what it looks like for our life in our situation to find the rest that he invites us into and to prioritize that 
We don't stumble into this. We need to make space for it. Because if I'm honest, here's what I'm really saying when I don't prioritize it, when I continually strive or work. I'm saying, yeah, I know, I know Jesus needed time with his Father, that he prioritized time alone with the Lord, that he enjoyed a good meal with his friends and he slowed down, but I'll be all right. I'm sure I'll get by just a week, just a, just a month, just a year without a, a good holiday, just a, a day without taking time to pause. This is about a deliberate choice for the long term and each day to abide in him because as we look at Jesus more, we discover who he is in the midst of our circumstance. It's a decision to live with Jesus and become like him and to do the things he did. So will we give our yes to his invitation to find true rest again or for the first time and each day as well? Jesus says, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Let's pause and be still for a moment, and then I'll lead us in prayer. Jesus, we thank you that you showed us what the life of love looks like. We thank you that you showed us how to slow down and look for what, you, what the Father is saying and look for how we might serve others round about us, how we can be who we were called to be and know that we're loved by you. Lord, I pray that you would grant us the ability each day, because we need it, not to be driven by unrealistic expectations of ourselves or of others, but would you teach us in your kindness, in your mercy, to learn the lessons of grace, to learn lessons of provision and contentment and rest in the present promise of your peace. We thank you and we worship you now. Amen.